0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Stories from the Pack. Uh, Ryan Hooper here. Thank you all to everybody who continues to support the podcast. Uh, we're on to the second series of Stories from the Pack now, and if you haven't listened to us already, really a brief overview as what will become apparent when we do um, the episode today is we like to get a guest on to share their own stories um, their own stories from the pack and, and what it means to them and. Um, I'm delighted for this episode to be joined by someone uh, who will be a very familiar voice to Wolves fans, very familiar voice to fans across the Midlands, uh, because it's BBC WM's Daz Hale. Daz, how are you doing? How are you doing? Well, first of all,
1: great, yeah. Thanks ever so much for inviting me along. It's a real privilege to, uh, to be here this evening as well, so it means a lot, so thank you. And we were saying before we came on air that we actually look like twins. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> There's
1: definitely a resemblance.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so when this when it goes out on video format, potentially, yeah, it might kind of throw you, but I don't know about you, Daz, but I think if you have a certain look that we have, you get compared to a lot of people. I think if you're bald and you've got glasses, you've got a list of people that, Harry Hill, yeah. Heston, you know, it, yeah. some better than others, but i not Zenger. had as yet. Walter Zenger is a walls theme, yeah. <laughs>
1: We'll have the last laugh when me and you form a right said Fred Tribute band. Never mind that the wolf pack howlers. We we'll go around, and we'll clean up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, we and, and yeah, we had soul backing, but we I don't think we could get away with Backham. but yeah, had still the sort of cloth that that than we have. But no, thank you. I think for a lot of people, um, you know, as, as as we'll come to really, for yourself and your WM connection as well. Um, you know, you're someone who is well-respected and it's great to get your your story today. So um, we'll, what we'll do is we'll have a look at sort of, not have a look, we'll refer to The Current if we can and then we'll sort of skip back. So currently, a little bit about BBC WM's at the moment, Monday to Thursdays, you're on The Breakfast Show, is that right? How's all that going at the moment?
1: Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's been really strange because... Um... I took over The Breakfast Show nearly two years ago with, it was uh, with Samantha Mia, who, it's gone a full circle because when I was in my band about 300 years ago, the first national radio we ever did was, she had a programme on Radio 5 Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she asked me to fill it. I was asked to fill in for her when she went on it. She actually got married and I think it was her way of not inviting me to the wedding <laughs> by getting me to uh, present. So it went full circle, but, um, since lockdown six months ago now, uh, BBC Local Radio has changed its um, schedule. It's like an emergency um, uh, schedule at the moment. So you've still got lots of people, like everywhere else, who aren't actually uh, coming into work. They're working like uh, like at home and mm-hmm. online and stuff. So yeah, so instead of doing th- uh, Monday to Friday six till nine together. We know, I do Monday to Thursday, 6 till 10, and she does Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 6 till 10, so we can't work together. But it's the weirdest thing ever, actually, because obviously over the years, doing the job, you report on what's going on and you tell a story. But the weirdest thing now is that every single one of us are part of this story, because Mm -hmm. this the whole weird thing that's happened this year is impacted on every single one of us. So you actually from the epicentre of it and um it's a bit bizarre at times. You know, and I think everybody at times just stops and things and for a second and see like everybody walking around in face coverings. It's like something from a science fiction movie, isn't it? But then you get on with it. But um we've certainly had, I think we've played it, and in, we're there obviously to inform people, but I think also it's been, it's been important as well to try and entertain them a little bit as well because mm. otherwise you'd go absolutely bonkers wouldn't you
0: i think that's the thing isn't it really it's the kind of you've got to be informative but keep it light as well and as you say and you know i I've, i love radio I, i'm a bit of a radio geek and and i and i really believe in the part that it plays and i think more than ever you know, the radio is, is there because I'm in a position now where 90% of the time I work from home, so I'll have a radio next to me to kind of mm. keep me going and keep me informed. And at, at time of recording, the, the Midlands is going through a lockdown and there's a lockdown planned for Tuesday. And I think, you know, having that sort of relationship with the, the radio and that that news is, is vital. And and it, and as you yeah. say, it's universal because it, it brings people together. But it's mm. this, it's the whole question of, news and overload and how much is too much and like you say so i guess you have to balance that yeah getting uh, it out there with keeping it light and
1: yeah it, it is it's a difficult balancing act because um obviously and i think a lot of people these days the way people listen to radio has changed as well i think the days of like you know somebody like turning their every the whole family crowding around the radio and listening to a whole show you don't like that anymore so yeah on average most people especially in the breakfast time will probably listen for 20-25 minutes so it almost becomes like a rolling thing like you know when you Mm. watch BBC Breakfast or this morning Britain or whatever it's called and you have to keep repeating information they must get on people's wick if they're listening all morning we said that (laughs) half an hour ago but people are turning on all the time and it's about hearing people's stories and that's that's the one thing that local radio can do and I think it's really come into his own over the last six months or so again. Usually when he, the, the snow's really bad or something, something bad happens and then you yeah, turn to your local your <laughs> Yeah, all that sort of thing. Yeah. And I mean like you, I mean what I used to do when I was a kid when when the wolves was playing away, I'd be listening in you know on a Saturday afternoon to Radio Birmingham and then Radio WM listening for the Gold horn and your heart skips a beat. And so
0: yeah.
1: I'm from round here. And that's, this is the only station I've ever really, I've done bits and bobs for others and I've had like a few little whispers along the way about, but this is where I want to do it because this is where, mm. this is where we talk from around here. This is where I'm from. Mm. And so look, this is where I'm really feel most comfortable. And so they'll have to, you know, I'll, I'll probably get sacked eventually, but in the meantime, <laughs> it's, it's a privilege to be on air and to, and to be doing it.
0: Brilliant. And, and I think you just touched on that there in terms of the sport and me and Daz were having a, a brief chat sort of before record. And I think this will resonate with a lot of people, but you mentioned the goal horn and stuff. And I, and I, on, on the first series of stories from the pack, I was chatting to, to Lindsay Hooper, who's a broadcaster, and she was talking about her introduction to football, that it was around the radio. And I think that's for a lot of people now. And I know social media has, has changed things and we can do a deep dive on this and we probably haven't got the time, but... To, to kind of, in a roundabout way, I think with BBC WM that goal horn, that anticipation, being in that front room with my dad, and we're going to cut to and that moment, as you say, where you're okay. catching your breath and you're like, oh, I don't want to know if it's the money You, I don't, you know, it's yeah. it's iconic, and you know, the phoning and and you know, I I think Radio WM is is a great sort of subculture where it's it's you know it's relevant as it's always been, and it's it's something which for me, and um, for many football and Wolves fans, is part of our football foundations.
1: Well, likewise. And um, the question used to get... I still get, who does Francis support? Yes, yeah. <laughs> you, you can make your... And we get accused by everybody being biased as well and having an agenda. Yeah. No, we're not. And, and with the phone in, you phone in, we, we, how do we know what people are going to say? You, if you phoned in and said, my name's Fred Blogs, and so I'm going to say, I want to talk about Villa and then, then you could come on and say anything so there's never any agenda it's just whoever call, who calls in and, and like you with the goal horn it's, if you're winning you don't want the goal horn to go <laughs> 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 and if you're losing you're urging it to go on. Yeah. and when obviously I'm, over the last I've been really really privileged to do like, like, so many games over the years and um, when we first started doing the games you beat a match and the goal horn would go and during the goal horn, you'd get the producer in your Year telling you which way it had gone. You'd say mm. Wolves have scored or Villa have scored. And I said, I don't want to know. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's really good for me. <laughs> so sometimes, other ways, you could sometimes tell in the reporters, why well, it used to kill it if it's at the goal horn? and would go and they'd say, There's a goal at St Andrews, but it's bad news for Blues, isn't it? And it's killed it. And it's, so I said, Don't tell me, just say, There's a goal. <laughs> goal at Wolves, goal at Warsaw, goal at wherever. And yeah. let me just. You know, experience it the same as the listener, really. Brilliant. Brilliant. So yeah, and so and um, they didn't take any notes of me, but <laughs> they did so, so that's what <laughs> that's what I wanted to do as well.
0: No, fantastic. And as as I say, I think you know, we we talk about ways into the game, and you know, and and even more so now at time recording when we can't go to the games, it takes on a different level as well. But for yourself as if we sort of start at the beginning for, for walls and your relationship with walls when did that start in terms of when did you become yeah. a, a fan and when did you get involved and can you talk us a little bit about you know, your we, first memories
1: yeah well i've got a brother who's 18 months older than me and my dad used to take us both down to begin with and i'd have been about six or seven and i'd it'd be easy for me you now to come on here and say I could have gone and Googled a matching one. That was the first one I, yeah. I've asked him. He doesn't remember what he was. But the one I the one I really remember first, I think it was in 75, 76. So i being I was born in 68 and he, they beat Newcastle 5-0 at really? at Molyneux. And I think um I think Kenny Ibit scored three or four and his brother was playing for Newcastle. And that's the one I really remember. But so my dad, my dad he's, he's still with us now. He he's watches Hensford more often than not now mm-hmm. because he's it's, it's 82 and whatever. But um, yeah, so we used to go and uh, we used to go in the North Bank and uh, right on the far left-hand side of the North Bank where the old Molyneux Street stand was and obviously the John Island stand miles away. There was something actually called like a children's pen. Mm-hmm. And so we'd stand in there and you would get people with crates standing on crates and stuff. And that's <laughs> where where we always used to go and my best friend Staggy used to come with us and we've still got season tickets next to each other now because when I'm not Brilliant. I have got a season ticket and then don't tell anyone at the club because I'll probably get but I'll give it away to one of my mates if I'm working but then yeah. I've still got it up the South Bank now uh, and I always remember we used to park by, um, by the Elephant and Castle down by Smesto and, and we'd get to the top of the hill and you could see the TV gantry and that's when you knew then if it was going to be on Match of the Day or Star Soccer by how many? And if you knew it was the BBC, if there was loads of cameras, because obviously very few games were televised then. Mm-hmm. And if there was two or three cameras, oh, we're going to be on Star Soccer today. And I can honestly say that, genuinely, I call it the Dingle Tingle now. But <laughs> even now, that even then, even all through the, the the terrible days when the ground was falling apart, match days, the butterflies, and then mm. when you walk down the anticipation and that even if it was whoever on a Tuesday night in the rain or whatever I still feel it every time and I still, I'm still buzzing when we've won and I have to be up at 2.45 in the morning so after a night match if we've won and I'm still got a real like cloud well, even after last night, even you know, after the loss to Stoke in the in the League Cup, yeah. I'm still, and I really never want that to change because I think the point where you're just like on an even kill. What what is the point then? So, the massive highs of the win and the massive lows of the defeat, and I've never ever got used to that ever.
0: It's it's mad, isn't it? And and you're right. I mean, we've we've first game. I've had people on and they said, look, I haven't got a clue. I don't know what when my first game was, but I know my first experiences. And yeah, and, I, yeah. and I think that's the key. And it's I know we romanticise, but people listening to this will be doing the same as well. So we're all good. We're in good company. But it is the walk to the ground. It is the idea. Yeah. I mean, for me, one of my first memories was my dad was taking me to a pub for the first time. And he was saying things which I hadn't heard him say at home to his mates. And it and was <laughs> like, I want part of this now. And, and that to me was as exciting as enthralling. In, as in as what was going on the pitch, because I think in your sort of your formative years, you're aware of it, but you're more taken aback, aren't you, by the experience of it? Um, oh, as opposed the smell to, of the, you know, the smell yeah. of the
1: tobacco, and yeah. um, you know. Uh, and I know that there's a lot. There's, I think, cliches are cliches, by the way, because they're true most of the time. Yeah. My football club didn't, I didn't choose a football club, it chose me because it was through the family. But mm-hmm. if other people have chosen it a different way, that's fine. You know, there's I'm not one of these people, I'm a better fan than you, or you're a better fan than me. People do it, and the, and the times have changed. And like, I think it's getting to the point now where, um, because I've got a, a good fr- actually, a friend of mine who's in a actually quite well known band, I won't name drop, but he's, he's a Chelsea fan. And it gets mm-hmm. to the point now where a few years ago, when he told him he was a Chelsea fan, he had to start then saying, yeah, but I've been watching them since then. just suddenly so don't think you're a glory hunter. And there's a little bit of that going on now where you have to, yeah, but I have been what was it? I went to Chorley. Well actually it was three games against Chorley and I, I did. <laughs> 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 All three. The Canot Wolves. But uh, if you weren't there, who cares? You know, it, my dad was yeah. there in the fifties. I wish I'd been alive then when they were actually when they we did have a decent team, you know. So it's not about proving that you're better than this. I'm about ultimately if you support the team, you support the team. And not everyone can even go, can they? Mm. You know, Because of either the money or work or all sorts of reasons. But that doesn't stop. If I'm not at a game, I'm still living every single moment of it. So I think we should just get over ourselves a little bit and just embrace the fact that, OK, we, I've got more fans now. But if the club's going to progress, then that's going to be the case. And it's got to be the case. Otherwise, the club can't progress,
0: can it? I think you're right Uh, and I do and I think to kind of take the music angle that you're referring there I kind of compare it to if you you follow a band and it's the kind of your band and then they get big and then it's kind of like oh I've been following them from day one I had the first album sort of thing. yeah and like you say people with a badge of of Chorley and it's like well there weren't 50,000 there but yeah Yeah, how many people have been but I think you're right and I've done one recently with um Um, an American guy, and and he's gone into wars recently. And I think it is for everyone. It is a part of success, and and ultimately you're going to get people that come on board. But mostly they, they respect the fact that they probably had a different route, but they embrace... You know, unless, unless you go
1: on Twitter, but that, yeah.
0: but social media is nasty. whatever it is, isn't
1: it? And yeah. again, no, ultimately, by the way, I love it when people have got different opinions because when when you're doing a football in there's nothing more bloody boring than everyone going, "Yeah, I agree with you." I agree. Who wants to hear that? And yeah. it's like with Twitter. But again, everybody is entitled to an opinion. Now they might be, you might think it's ridiculous a lot of the time. I do, but they probably think, "Well, I think it's ridiculous." But that the worst thing to do would be to support a team, and we know what the types of teams are, where there ain't that sort of passion, where it's just like, you know, I was saying before, where you just, i would never want to get to that point, where you're just on this even keel all the while, but anyone has been involved with a club like that, and some people are, so at least with this extreme highs, and extreme lows, agony, ecstasy, sometimes within a day, you know, (laughs) how dare you lose a football match, especially (laughs) one in the Premier League, everyone needs to be sacked, and, well, that's the world we're in now and probably a few people before would have just done that in the pub, you know, over a yeah. pint at, at straight after the match or written, written to a load of bull about it, whereas now it's a lot more instant. But everyone's entitled to it and we all read it, don't we? So uh, it's, you know, it's,
0: it's right. It's that, it's that instant sort of... Uh, I think, you know, earlier on in, in, in the season or sort of between season, there was a frustration, oh, we haven't signed players... And it would probably been only a week, but it felt months because it's yeah. that whole refreshing social media for every minute and for every hour and, tr- and well, going off well, sound bites and.
1: But it's a lot cheaper than bloody club call. Oh, even and and the club that, call. <laughs> it'd be like it'd be flashing on the C Wants <laughs> to sign two million pound striker, and there'd always be a really tiny question mark which you didn't really look at at the time. You'd be phoning up and it'd be like yeah. Jeff Owen, who I know Jeff and he keep crapping on for about three minutes about nothing. It cost me about 10 quid to find out there were <laughs> being rumours that there might be interest. So at least it's a bit easier than that now, isn't it? You
0: know. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I mean, what, what, to, 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 to perhaps people of a different era, Club Call, that was basically, I don't know if it was a premium number or it, was, it wasn't it cheap. Was. I, <laughs> <laughs> but it was It was literally, you call the, the number and you would get the, the the news it's it's it seems such an alien thing now but yeah um and then you've just reminded me of sort of cfax and, and I, I can even remember who walls midlands was 390 Three-niner. yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> <And>
0: <laughs> waiting then, for that page to turn
1: that's <laughs> it and you got and now I've got repetitive strain on my thumb through Twitter, but before it was through CFAX. and like <laughs> when it when it was a midweek, if if you're you are you trying to find everybody else's scores, so it'd go through page at a time, it'd be page you'd page nine. <laughs> 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 bit, you have to keep going through. and of course then as well, um after the match, the pink, the sports targets, the yeah. sporting star, you'd oh. get that from an away game and yeah, you'd have to get that just to find out about how everybody had gone on, because probably Radio Five Live would if you missed the results at five o'clock because you were still getting into on your coach or in the car, yeah. they'd then just be crapping on, as they'd still do, you know, with the, yeah, Liverpool and Man U. You wouldn't know how Walsall had got on old Shrewsbury or to see the league table. So it's all far more instant now. We are sounding old, aren't we? Sorry. No,
0: but it's nostalgic. And I think people listening will be like, oh, yeah. And I think that's the yeah. thing. I mean, the pink, I just, I, I've got, it's like, yeah. I remember sort of my dad queuing up outside the news agents after the game. And if I read it first, I was in trouble. Yeah. He needed to see that league table on the back page of or wherever yeah,
1: it was. Again, you know, you buy again. You buy if we we buy. I know the sales used to be much higher if, like, Wolves had won, for instance, mm. or Villa won with the Argus. And you'd want to read it, and then I'd love to get the Express. have scrapbooks and cut out all the stuff out the Express and Star and the pictures mm. and things like that. And I mean, again, what about instant stuff now? Um, I remember when um, Wolves were like minutes from going through, uh, uh, out of existence. And I remember again with, when was Steve Ball gonna get go a Coventry? Mm-hmm. The only way you could find out, we actually had to wait for an announcement on the radio. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whereas now again, you'd be, there'd be so many different sources. And so I was like a nervous wreck, I think, all day on I remember putting a flag out my bedroom window when Derek Dugan, and, and as it turned out, the Batty's saved Wolves. Um, I don't. I, so I don't
0: think the neighbours <laughs> were very impressed. But something brilliant. And you mentioned there, and and there'll be many of them. You mentioned sort of highs and lows, and and that Wolves are a unique club in terms of you know the back-to-back relegations and being the first team to win all four divisions and so forth. So there's lots of highs and lows. But um, we'll, we'll kind of end the the this section on the positive So by doing that, we'll start with a negative. So. What's the lowest point following the Wolves, would you say? Or is there a moment where you thought, yeah. not, maybe not why am I doing this, but God, it's, it's not going to get any better than this? Or,
1: um, Well, you see, because when we talk about them going all the way through all the leagues, I, that was when I started going away, going mm. away from home, like properly. I mean, I've done like you did the other way, local game and whatever, but I was 15, 16. And so we used to go on the Canet Wolves and we went down, obviously, from the first division to the second division, to the third division, to the fourth division, and obviously Chorley and all that. And people see that as a bleak time. It was a bleak time. I almost have done 80 grounds. And it was like, yeah. it, it was an adventure. And you're 16, 17, 18, you're going out with your, with your mate. We knew we were crap. I remember one game at Knox County. We hadn't scored a goal for about 10 matches. And the ball went in off, big Ray Hanky's arse. And we were 3-0 down, and the Wolves fans were still celebrating when Knox County made it 4-1 just because we'd scored a goal. You know, it was, it was, that, it was genuinely that bad. So although um, in the club's history that was a bleak time, for me, it was horrible, but it was still a great time. So I was going away from home and going to all these grounds, and it was a real part of me me, me growing up. Um, I think, for me, the most the worst time was going down under... Saunders because the last mm. time when it had happened we had no money and we were crap and it was mm. honest crap because he had a lot of teenagers playing and people who'd come from non-league and they were giving their best but they just weren't good enough but when you look at that squad and we all know what happened that season and those that team should have been and I think and we were actually in the top six weren't we or seven early on under, mm. under, under um, it was and wasn't it and, yeah. and um, I think it was absolutely criminal what happened, and those players, and we all know, we're Jamie O'Hara now, if anyone was at Brighton, I was actually working that day, and Mm. I was fuming, and I I think I said a lot of things on air that I probably could get sued for (laughs) now, but I was absolutely fuming, and that was the the low point, because it was totally avoidable, and you see, I'm not blaming one person, it was a whole catalogue of um, bad decisions, going. actually going back from the year before, when. Mick McCarthy gave Roger Johnson the captaincy which absolutely mm. destroyed and split the dressing room and we never recovered from that uh but of course then that happens but then obviously everything follows on then bringing in Jacket and the leper colony and and the start then I, I don't think we should forget what a big part Kenny Jacket played actually and again it didn't it didn't We'd reached the glass ceiling. He'd done what he'd got to do. He weren't going to get any better, but it was vital what he did. If you go look at what how long like Sunderland have been in that league now, which mm. you've got a big history and a big ground and a big fan base, don't mean you're going to do that. So, but the low point for me really was going down again, and that, I thought was humiliating. And I haven't forgotten a lot of the stick heard from a lot of people. Either. I said, "Don't be grudges." No, <laughs> a lot better.
0: Oh I well, know. And, and I think. To that point, I think you make a really good point whereby you've seen them at um, a lower level, but you knew that was within their limitations. You know, you knew yes. what those players were capable of. But the most frustrating point, and you know, <laughs> you can criticise Wolves fans, or you can, but I think if you know that they're not good enough, you kind of go, okay, look, they're not good yeah. enough. But it's like you say, it's that infuriate, uh, uh, you know, when they've come off the, the, the premiership and good wages and so forth, and you've gone... God why have you got yourself in that position and and as you say, number of on and off the pitch decisions, I guess ultimately mm-hmm. were there, but that's the frustration, isn't it really? We, you know if you've got they' living
1: you know, some of them players yeah and um, you know they've reinvented history some of them, but I ain't forgotten, and anyone who was there
0: then ain't forgotten, so for
1: me yeah, that was when I've been the most angry because mm. it was totally totally avoidable, and it should never have got to that. But in the end, it may, it may have been a blessed in disguise. And, and again, that season, the following season, was great. It wouldn't have been much fun a second time round and a third time round. The novelty had soon worn off. But that year, and Lee Griffiths' dance at Port Vale, <laughs> yeah. these were some great, great moments, weren't right there? But, uh, that was when I was the most angriest. Was, and that was the lowest point for me personally, I think, yeah.
0: And I think just before we, we go to your highlight, just to touch on that, because I think it's important because I remember speaking to, to Paul Berry on this about Jacket. And, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I remember the Preston game and it was kind of like, look, what's gone is gone. It's a clean slate. Yeah. And coming out of the warm up, you know, there's four or five thousand, however there were. And it was like, let's give it a go. But it, it took a certain type of character to lead that team, didn't it, I think? Yeah. Uh,
1: very much so. And if I, I remember the pressing, I wasn't working that day. So I, we actually went in the away end and I saw a bloke in the pub beforehand. The previous time I'd seen him, was on top of the, the Empire State Building. i would got there with my wife to New York and he used to go there. was it, it, from Telford or Shrewsbury and we used to see him in the away games in the 80s and got to the top yeah. of the Empire State Building. There's a bloke in the bloody wall. He says, I, I know you. <laughs> but the next time I saw him, it was... Preston away, wasn't it? With Kevin Davis referee in the match, for most of you I've seen. And punching, I think Danny Bart had two black eyes, I think, after that game. But no, so, so that, was, that was the start, wasn't it? Of, um, of, of the resurgence.
0: Brilliant. And then, and then sort of, you know, lots of good moments, but yeah, what would you, if you had to class a moment or a season as being the best feeling you've had, what, what would you say? Well, I've gotta say, the last
1: three years, it's the yeah. best team I've ever seen. And um I love the fact that they've got the Porto strip now, by the way. That's yeah. a good way to go do things. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's great. Um, I think when the bully when Bully came and obviously we missed out on the playoffs the first year, first year they'd ever done the playoffs, and we but those next two seasons actually when he got the hundred odd goals, and say I was going home and away, and it's just just incredible because it gave us our pride back because we were the laughing stock of football mm-hmm. and you know scoring his winning goal at the Hawthorns when we got back into the, in the last minute as well when we got back up but i think actually um, for me still one of my and we've had, obviously we've had a lot of highs and it, you know it's difficult to pick one yeah. i am going to go for the millennium stadium that mm-hmm. day after so many heartbreaks and so much frustration and to be there that day around people, uh, I got I, again, I'd done some work before the game and after, after the game, but I, I was actually there. I got in, in the away and with, with me, all my friends. And it was afterwards, um, obviously, the Sir Jack moment when he put his thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, and we'd made this record called Hey, Jonesy with Steve Ball's brother. And that got played uh, over the tunnel in the next hour as mm-hmm. well, which is a pretty special one. But then it was just going out. Afterwards, coming outside, seeing all the fans, and then seeing people who you had seen at bloody Aldershot on a Tuesday mm-hmm. night in the rain in front of you know, and to see those people, and it it was just a special moment. And again, the massive frustration there was for whatever reason when Sir Jack pulled the plug, didn't he? You know, financially. When I'll never understand why that happened, mm-hmm. but. Um, that was that still stands out for me. And also, I mean, you wanted one, didn't you? No, carry on. <laughs> the carry carry on. as well. Yeah. I mean, we went to Wembley twice that year. And one was the Mercantile yeah. Centenary Credit, which we went down to. But to be there again when, not that long ago, a blink of an eye, Wolves were like, um, you know, on their arseys. And there they were at Wembley. They'd already won the fourth Business, There was 80,000 at Wembley. It was, it was incredible. And again, we had, we had hired our own minibus from Burntwood, and my dad come and my friends like that. And, and you look back now and you think, what a decade that was. I mean, we were 1980, won the League Cup and finished six. We we're in Europe the next year. And then we're in the fourth division. And then,
0: we're,
1: <laughs> and then it's like, what an incredible few years that was. Should, somebody should make a film about that.
0: I think that's the thing. and And I know we're biased, but it's true, you know. It's, you know, the. God, there's, I mean, there's obviously been lots of books written about it and so forth. But, yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing, really, where, I, I don't know about you, I love right now, and, and similar to you, I've got friends who are uh, Baggis fans, of Villa fans, and so forth. So I remember sort of the League One stuff and that. But I enjoy what I'm doing now. But to kind of quote Nuno, I try and stay humble as best I can because it, it's just... I don't know yeah. if I just feel like it's gonna wake up and it's and things are gonna it could all change. go wrong again. Yeah. <laughs> Which is terrible.
1: Oh I've got my we can't see this if we're not showing the video, but I've also got my t shirt from when we flew to Newcastle and Bully got the fourth. So oh. I don't know if you can see that from there now. Yeah. So I, I was yeah. bloody on game with that day. <laughs> it was New Year's Day, you can't see it, can you very well? But yeah, no, so I have
0: got no it there as well. We can get, so uh, well. That's worth a mention, Daz. Then, because as I say, for for people not lis- listening, I've, um to, and you'll put them in the the picture as well. But as I understand it, uh, there was a monarch sort of charter flight to Newcastle, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, talk me through that experience. Then
1: it was right, yeah. So because it was New Year's Day, and it was like, oh yeah. I mean, we'd have gone on the coaches anyhow, but they had this idea, and in the end, I think there was a thousand on these chartered flights. I ended up sitting next to. Actually, on the transfer from the plane to the to the ground, to the David Instone, who i you know, yeah. got to know very well over the years since. Uh, and so the idea was, um, just obviously it was Newcastle away, and we ended up winning 4-1. Um, John Burridge was in goal for Newcastle. Mark McGee played for Newcastle before he managed. And Steve Ball scored all four goals, all up our end in the second half. And obviously did his aeroplane when he got the third goal as well. And again, that was just another... Magical, magical man. Because all those seasons began to blur into one after which It really was Groundhog Day because every season we'd spend a million pound on this play, a million pound on that play, and have all this excitement. This was going to be the year when, but it, it didn't. Obviously, it wasn't for a long, long time, and that was a really frustrating period as well.
0: And you meant you mentioned bully. Um, you know, iconic. Any any other players over the years that stand out for you? Um, the sort of oh, favorite well. players.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, my first um, first hero was was John Richards, mm-hmm. because that's when I first started to go. And I mentioned Kenny Hibbett earlier as well. And um, Kenny Hibbett is the only footballer I know who, they kick off at three o'clock, and by ten past three, he'd have a massive sweat patch all the way down the <laughs> front of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and again, you know, I'm, I'm, they say never meet your heroes. We've got to know them both over the years. And they're a- absolutely wonderful men. So I've got the posters on my wall, although I have to say uh, the arrival of Debbie Harry in my life from, from <laughs> Blondie seemed to limit my Wolves posters for a while. For a while. But then, yeah, and then obviously, you know, obviously I remember Robbie Keane's debut at Norwich when he was mm. like 16, wasn't he? And, 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 I don't think he'd finished his paper round. <laughs> but obviously it's it's like all of us, we all have our own favourite players over the years, don't we? And um, I think the interesting thing now is how much we've um, we've connected with with this bunch of players, and I think mm. that again is the characters of a lot of them live round by Wolverhampton. They've been graciated themselves in the community, and I was talking about this earlier today. Actually, that um, the connection between the supporters and new now now I know if we lose the next ten matches, that will probably go pretty quickly because that, that's football, but. Um, I think apart from Graham Turner, who actually got booed onto the field in his first game as Wolves manager, by the way, but, but um, this is the, you know, the, and I'm, I mean Mick McCarthy was was great as well for what he did. Jack, it was great. So, but yeah, I mean John Richards, Kenny, a bit bully for me, really.
0: Brilliant. And no, I think we we've we we've got to touch on 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 the on the current. Um, you know, we, at time of recording, we won our, our first league game and unfortunately gone out the cup. But you know. Uh, as you say, you referenced earlier, one of the best sides we've seen. And I think that's really interesting with the players, because we talk about that a lot, because you contrast it with the era of um, uh, when we went down and the players. And I'm not saying there's an exact correlation with this, but some of the players who we're aware of, and some of them have been named, would live in Solihull and different areas. And I'm not saying that affects you on the pitch, but it's part of it, isn't (coughs) it? Because I think what you get with these players, and What's really, I don't know about you, Daz, what's taken me with these players is they're 21, 22, but they're so mature and, and they've got yeah. such a great attitude. And I know some fans are saying, oh, well, you know, maybe look at some British players. And then I think, well, no, because these Portuguese kids, they've got it all. They've got the talent, but they've got, got the, the humility. attitude. Humility. they've got the respect. And Well, before, before I went full-time at um,
1: WM, because I was still doing quite a few bits and bobs on the radio, I ended up for about... Three or four seasons doing some like match day stuff for Wolves. And mm. so I'd go in my suits, but, I, but at that time we'd moved to the new North Bank, the, not the new, new North Bank, that, you yeah. know, the, yeah. Uh, and so I'd be there in like behind the goal in my shirt, <laughs> shirt and tie, having a good shout and a swear, then <laughs> and then going doing interviews at half time. And I'd be there like at one o'clock interviewing people and stuff. But after the game, uh, the players, then um, they stopped wanting to come out of the, you know, like the main entrance at Molyneux mm-hmm. because they didn't want to have to sign autographs. And so they used to walk on the side of the pitch and have like this, the car park then, which was up now by the, by the Wonderer pub, where that was. They used to park, they used to have like their own private car park, but instead of walking out, most, not all of them, mm-hmm. there was some who would walk out and sign autographs, but these bloody big time Charlies who ended up taking us down to the third division, League One, didn't mm. even want to sign autographs for you know the kids who you know probably about yeah. ten kids, fifteen kids, and you know you, yeah. you you lose a lot of respect for people like that, don't you? But this, but I know I know that from people within the club that they don't tolerate big time Charlies. They won't have mm. it, and uh, mm. if you do get a bit above yourself, you ain't going to be there for very long.
0: I think so that's the
1: and, that, there's a real, and they like and they're nice people and they like each other and they get on. Mm. and like in any job whether it's football or radio or or whatever you do if you all get you know if you don't get on with people you can have the greatest job in the world but it ain't much fun if the environment's a negative one so if you can all get on and ultimately then i think you're going to get you've got each other's backs haven't you 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 put your body on your line for each other because you actually like them rather than thinking screw him do you know what i mean so i
0: think it makes a big big difference no brilliant and and just sort of before we close really i know we could talk but in terms of um, the pack and, and the, the title of this series, what, what does that mean to you, being part of the pack?
1: It's my life. And um, this is why it's been so tough, because I haven't done any. I mean, the way we're doing things at the moment is differently, uh, because we're only allowed one reporter in the ground and everything mm. that's the case. I, actually don't want to go like this at the moment. I wouldn't mm. want to go in there when it's empty and having to have my temperature taken and and it really does it was bittersweet with, with the Europa thing at the end because it, you know, how terrible would it have been it'd have been great and it'd have been terrible if it gone all the way to the European final and couldn't have bloody gone.
0: Yeah. You know
1: yeah. and so it's 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 my life and it's the one it's the one constant in my life. It's all ever since I can remember stuff. It's been there and it's my spirit, it's my spiritual home, which sounds really, really cheesy and really corny, but it is. And unfortunately, um, my wife I mean, her family and my wife are all season ticket holders at the Albion, mm. right? So, so, and she still keeps throwing five one at me every time we, we, we <laughs> back. we're although she's dreading it now <laughs> this season, but she gets it and it's the same for her as well. So, it's the thing about, um, same religion, different denomination, really, and and that's the one thing I've noticed. You know, covering these games all over the years, you know, for for, for WM, and I've never ever gone to any game. If you know, so you go to walk Bristol Rovers Warsaw on a Tuesday night. It's always never felt anything more than an absolute privilege to be able mm. to go and say, I'm, I'm doing football. I'm talking about football on the radio and any phoning or anything like that. It's it is like it's. Well, you're you living your dream, really, aren't you? It's, it, it's your hobby, and it's like me and you now, just chatting about football, and that's what it is. And and ultimately, um, we've all got our passion and our for our teams, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But you know, take away the colours of the team, most of us are actually pretty much the same breed, and it's it's like anyone for me who you know like I was saying before, not everybody can go to the game, and that's fair enough, but. If your next door neighbour might support Albion, Villa, Blue, but if if, he's, if he or she's the same as you and they have the ups and downs, you've got the common ground, haven't you, really? And then yeah. you have to, be, you, know, you have to pretend to be nice to them though when they've lost and really, <laughs> <laughs> you have to have them a bit of like sympathy from time to time. But...
0: It's it's the ultimate icebreaker, isn't it? You know, you mentioned yeah, sort of the, yeah. you know, going up in New York and seeing a Wolves fan and so forth, yeah. and you know, in your travels, if, you, if you've got your Wolves colours on or just a, a football fan and. Yeah, it probably does sound a bit twee a bit cheesy, but it's so, so true. And it's what makes it unique and makes it special. Yeah. And, you know, when the, the the club kind of, over the last few years, as you know, brought into this sort of pack. And I just yeah. think it's so accurate because they, this pack means you're a collective and you're part of it. And but what background or, you know, what cultural references that you have and how you've come to being part of the pack. You, you're all one in the same in that regard, as you say. Uh,
1: and, and you know what? Because,
0: again, it's like, it's family.
1: You can say what you want within a family and anything goes. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're all there for each other. But if anybody else says anything about your family, <laughs> and, that's what, <laughs> and that's what it's like. And, and I have oh, yeah. to say that, um, you know, if you'd speak to other people and other supporters, because, again, we've all been to crap. You know, you're obviously going to get games with this really flat atmosphere. And it depend, again, on how... But a lot of them all say now, you know, the atmosphere, when it's rocking, there's no better place than its spine tingling, isn't it? And again, people who support other teams will say the same, but, you know, it's from here, isn't it? And not, and if you're on holiday, you see someone in a, in a wolf's top. Oh, look, he's got a wolf's top on. As you, so you go and have a go and have a quick chat with them and stuff. And then you have to do the thing about how long you've supported them for, which I was on about before. Yes,
0: get get <laughs> get, get, get your points in, sort of yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then oh, you're in off Radio WM, and then it's back to again, who does support, which has gone full
0: circle from the start of the conversation. Do you do you get that, Daz, in terms of because obviously you know, your your voice is so known over the Midlands. Have you had some any funny encounters where you've been on the phone to someone or you're speaking to someone and you're kind of like, who's gonna sort of break cover? do they know who I am? Sort of thing. It
1: does happen. It's happened in fact the most bizarre one was it actually happened this way when I had my bloody face mask on. <laughs> 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 no, it just it does it does, it does yeah. from time to time. Yeah, but that's that's the good thing about um about radio is it's not like I mean I've got friends who work on telly and whatnot and I did a, actually did a show for a couple of years and she's a really good friend of mine with Alison Hammond and oh, yeah yeah she's gorgeous she's lovely uh but if you ever go out with her socially you can't you know and you cannot choose if, if you're going to be celebrity you can't choose when you when you're famous she, it's only not, mm. not just when you're in a good mood it's when when you're like for your boss or you stand around with your partner or it's you know yeah. and she's magnificent with it but it really does it's just like you're just bombarded don't no give a toss about me <laughs> <It's not Italian. laughs> but she's she's brilliant with it but it's much easier on the radio because um yeah, yeah. and again as we said before me and you have got such nondescript <laughs> <facts in> <laughs> anyway <laughs> um so brad pitt i get sometimes obviously yeah of course but
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I. It was quite funny, actually. I mean, I, obviously, I don't get recognised, but I, I got recognised. It was in in a way, and then then it was kind of a little bit of a cutback. There was a, I was in the I was in the park just going for a walk, and then this lady was was running up to me. She was she stopped to run, took her headphones, up, she was, and she kind of come up to me, and then I went, "All right," and she went, oh, "I thought you are someone else." And it was quite funny because she kind of made such an effort to do that. Because if you're not sure, usually you, <laughs> you would kind of be a bit coy and a bit all right. But she stopped her running everything. And then I was I then went over to the, the, the park to, to meet my daughter. And there was a guy who looked just like me. And I thought, ah, okay. I <laughs> wonder if she's found him yet. But anyway. No one's anyway. ever unpleasant to me if you're out and about and <laughs> the odd Every now and
1: then the odd person you know, stop you, but they just yeah. It's, it's lovely it's absolutely lovely and it say it's great that it's, pretty, it's again I it genuinely is a privilege to be able mm. to be on the radio talking to the people of the area that I'm I've never lived anywhere else but from round here you know so it's it's part of it really and like so it's never a problem if i just, just want to say hello or shout at me at the football or whatever
0: Right, well, you've heard um, that
1: now <laughs> well yeah, no, <laughs> yeah it's, no, nice, no. Isn't it? it's nice you know yeah. and uh, no one's ever been unpleasant to me i don't think they have online but again that's fair game isn't it really well, and, and i'm also yeah. a great believer of that if you dish it out you've got to take it as well really and um that's fine if if, if if you if you don't want, if you want if you put yourself forward for stuff which we have to do in you know in both of what we do then not everybody's going to agree with you and that's fine isn't it really you know oh. as long as they're not you know abused. well they are abusive sometimes but not <laughs> too abusive and that's fine
0: i can live with that really we 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 get the odd bit on on this podcast and it's it, it's it's funny because we kind of give up our time we don't get anything for it other than the fact we love it but again you put yourself up there you put yourself a vehicle and it was quite funny because um somebody uh, this is a couple of years ago said on twitter oh it's um five lads five virgins sitting in mom and dad's living room recording a podcast and i was like do you know what we should do we should get t-shirts printed with that so you have to turn it on your head you know and and it's kind of like well if you put it's wrong because it it
1: was it was the kitchen wasn't it yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) but you know yeah (laughs) Fair it was point.
0: their mum's no, no. Yeah. But as
1: long as it means that lit at least I know who you are, then that's the job. And again, like yeah. doing what I do, not everyone's gonna like you. Yeah? I mean, no. and it's not very nice when they don't, but as long as they know who you are and they're listening, then you know, you have to just again part of the job isn't it, it goes with the territory, so
0: no, and and, and on that for anyone who um continues to listen to the 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 podcasts, um just a very quick mention. Obviously, the regular podcasts continue throughout the season. Uh, we've got the alternative hall of fame where we look back at uh pl- players sort of past and present. We've got the stories from the pack series, which um what we're on now, uh and we've also got the film cast as well. So there's loads to listen for everybody who's interested, all on the podcast channels. Um if you like what uh what we do, then please leave us a five-star review as well and get in touch. Um but no in closing, Daz, real pleasure speaking to you and um yeah so uh, if anybody wants to continue to keep in touch with daz your twitter handle is is that best daz wm that's it yeah simple as that yeah. so give a,
1: again thank you it's just great just to be able to come on here and just have a chat about football and chat about wolves and um it's unusual for me because usually i have to do asking all the questions so it's nice <laughs> not to have that pressure you've had it all instead
0: <laughs> well no it, you've, you've made my job very easy uh, if i call it a job but it's not it's just talking to a friend here and a fan and you know, and, and it's and it's great, and we love what we do, and hopefully, people enjoy listening to it, and what we've talked about will bring back some memories, and uh, and people have enjoyed listening. So, um, so from really from both of us, um, thank you, and we'll see you soon.